This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring the iTunes guy himself, Kirk McElhern. We'll talk about the new iTunes 12.6 and what's wrong with it. Well, we'll start that way anyway. A little bit later, we'll hear from Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. Exciting times. I'm the Tech Night Owl Live. So, Kirk, I ask you, how the heck are you? I'm good, Gene. How the heck are you today? Well, I think of the old joke where I pick up the newspaper every morning, I look at the obituaries, and I see if my name is in there or not. And if it's not, I just get up and go about my business. Ba-boom. That's one of those old Catskill jokes, isn't it? The Catskills were old when that joke was new. Or they were new when that joke was old. I have no idea. But yes, it is one of those old Catskill jokes. And to think that I was around to even remember that such a joke existed. Yeah, that, that's, that's sort of like a Henny Youngman type joke, isn't it? Yeah, he went into the stuff where, take my wife, please. Yeah, the, the self-deprecating type. Exactly. Humor. And I got to see him in person, by the way. At that point, he must have been 85 years old or something. But Barbara and I went to one of these nightclubs one of these comedy clubs in New York City. And we got to see a number of people that were trying out material. Rodney Dangerfield came up, and he was trying out material. So we got to see him. And his material was blue in the club, not like you'd see on TV. We even got to see an up-and-coming comedian named Alan Combs, who died recently, and you might remember him because he became a liberal talk show host. He's the guy on Fox News. Yes, he started out as a stand-up comedian. I didn't know that. That's what you need to be on Fox News. That's the training you need to have to work on that type of show. Token Saturday Liberal, Night Live it? must have trained Al Franken to become a U.S. senator. Oh, man. I, I remember the first time that I saw he was elected. I thought it was so funny because I remember October 31st, 1980, when The Grateful Dead was playing at Radio City Music Hall in New York. And they did six or seven shows in Radio City, and I got to see two of them. And the Halloween show that year was broadcast... I, they called it closed-circuit TV back then. It was like the precursor of cable. Franken and Davis were sort of emceeing it, doing some bits and telling jokes um, before the show. And you can still see this. There's a DVD available of this show with them telling these really cringeworthy jokes about smoking joints and drinking beers and stuff like that. So I thought it was so funny when he actually became an elected official. Frankly, when you see what he's doing, he's a very efficient senator. He's very good. But, you know, you compare that to the Al Franken of, of the day. You, if you search for it on YouTube, you'll find some of that stuff um, with him and Tom Davis. It was Al Franken and Tom Davis. Tom Davis died a few years ago. But they were a, a really interesting comedy team. But it was kind of funny, a funny comparison to look at the, the then and the now. There was also a funny scene with Franken and Davis in the movie Trading Places, the Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy movie, if you remember. Okay. That's right, yeah. 
We talked on the show a couple times about Saturday Night Live, um, which I saw in those early years. And, you know, I went to see live several times and I saw them there and they were a staple of Saturday Night Live. They weren't in the first couple of seasons, but like the third or fourth, because Saturday Night Live started, what, 75? It was like 77, 78 they came on the show and they were a pretty popular staple of the show. Well, there you go. Oh, by the way, just as a bit of news, as someone who lives in Europe and who's getting a new car, now a new brand of diesel engines is being investigated for emissions fakery by the French authorities. Really? Which one this time? Well, they're looking at Renault, the PSA Group, Volkswagen, of course, Fiat Chrysler, and now Daimler, Mercedes-Benz. So pretty much all of them. Oh, Sure. You see, because Renault is also Nissan. Who's part of PSA? So it's, it used to be Peugeot and Citroën. Which, which other companies? They bought the Opel division from GM. That's recent, yeah. That's recent. Now, but the point being here is that supposedly the Mercedes Blue Tech vehicles, the ones that use that fluid to help with emissions, that's called urea, which is based on you know what. Well, Supposedly, that was the gold standard in terms of controlling emissions for diesel engines. In fact, at one point, Volkswagen was going to license Bluetech, and they decided they'd save money and fake it. Now it turns out that maybe Daimler was faking it too. So the French authorities are investigating this now because it's like the House of Cards where they expose Volkswagen and suddenly you wake up the next day, everyone does it. Well, I think what the, the Volkswagen situation did is it made regulatory authorities around the world look into this. Um, it, it's If it's that easy for one company to do it, you can imagine that the other companies did it. So, Well, the thing also has to be responsibility and also the limits of diesel technology. So if they have to fake the results, it says that diesels cannot be tamed to meet 21st century emissions requirements. I am not big on diesels. I think, at least in this country, it doesn't work. It works in Europe because of the disparity in fuel prices. It doesn't work in America because you're paying more usually for diesel fuel, plus you're paying more for the car. And then you may pay more to service it, even though it might be a longer-lasting engine. And at the end of the day, what you spend... Pardon? The engine lasts longer. You get better mileage. Um, France is the country that really pushed diesel the most. Diesel fuel used to be... Now, I've been out of the country for four years. It used to be about 10 to 15% cheaper than regular gasoline. And because of this, 90% of passenger cars in France are diesels. I understand, but what I was saying here is, in the U.S., you do not save money on diesel. Because even if you're getting 10, 20 percent... Because remember, you do get much better mileage. So if you drive a lot, um, you know, they'll tell you in France, if you do more than X thousand miles a year, 
um, then you're going to save money. Uh, it's usually, I think it was about a thousand euros more to get a diesel engine in a car. So, you know, there's a certain amount of miles at which you'll start saving money. But then of course there's the longevity to, to bear in mind that a diesel engine will last longer. Right. Um, but so if you don't not- keep the car for 300,000 miles, it's not going to make a difference. The servicing is going to cost more. You're paying more for the no, car, the more for the fuel to gain the 10, 20% better gas mileage. It may the, make sense in Europe. Well, I will grant that. Okay, the, it doesn't make sense doesn't in America more. at all. And while you don't keep the car up to 300,000 miles, you have a better resale value on a diesel with, say, thirty or 40,000 miles than you do on a gasoline engine. Not anymore in the United States. I think it's going to be, gee, how much money can I pay you to take this car? Well, now that's all changed, yeah. But even over well, I, I'm assuming that all these other car manufacturers – um, they're exposed not just in France, just like Volkswagen is all around the world. Um, so it's very possible that diesel is on its last legs. And, you know, one of the things is, is let's be fair, originally they thought that diesel pollution wasn't as bad, and they only really realized that it's these microparticles that are problematic. Um, that's a different kind of pollution than what everyone had been focusing on before. So, so there is a, a logic in terms of pollution regulation. Um, but now you look at, you know, you look at the pollution in major cities over here where there are a lot of diesels. And it, it's reached a point where I believe in Paris there is some discussion of, of banning diesels um, for passenger cars in Paris. Uh, and probably not for, um, you know, cabs and, and trucks and things like that, but for individual passenger cars. And, and they've mentioned it for London as well, even though the, the, the percentage of diesel cars here in the UK is much lower. As I said, the point I made here is maybe it makes sense in Europe. Maybe it will no longer make sense after all this. It doesn't make sense in the United States. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Let's get to really the real topic of this discussion. What's the real topic of this discussion? I don't know. I'll make up something. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So we're talking to Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. And because of his title and because of the fact that Apple has released a new version of iTunes, we're going to find out what's wrong with it. First, next on the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-6936. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-6936. Call 1-800-958-6936. 1-800-958-6936. Imagine what it's like to be active your whole life and then find out you're going blind. I have age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, my sight is precious to me, so I was relieved to find that treatments for some forms of AMD are available, and research for additional treatments is underway. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org, where I found so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So I'm looking at the headlines at Kirkville. And I got to thinking here, every time a new version, Kirk McElhern of iTunes comes out, what's broken is the first question. It's always that way. Unfortunately, well, and question. I say this, no, no, understand, no. I have a personal liking for the program because I know the creator, or one of the creators, Jeffrey Robin, who's a really nice guy. and But I want to really pull him aside and give him a little knock on the head and say, Jeff, what the heck are you guys doing over there? Does he still work for Apple? Sure does. He's a vice president. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, you should get him on the show one day to talk about it. He will not come on. No, I'm sure. Apple doesn't do that. Last um, I but, heard, but, Jeffrey Robin 
is the Vice President of Consumer Applications at Apple. That's his last title. Okay. I think you're a little misguided saying that the first thing I think of is what's broken. It's the second thing. The first thing I look at is what's new. And the second thing is what's broken or what's not working correctly. Well, I'm looking at Kirkville, okay? And I realize that obviously the newer stuff goes first. So the stuff that was written originally was an article at the new features. Look at the new features in iTunes 12.6 referring to your article for Macworld. But the article at the top of the page, and it won't be when we look a couple of days later, things broken in iTunes 12.6. So before we worry about what's new, what went wrong with it or what is going wrong with it? Well, for for now, there are a couple of minor problems, but they're sloppy problems. There's four issues that I've highlighted, and I only published this article a couple hours before we're recording this show. Uh, I've gotten a few comments from other people who found things that don't work. There's something in iTunes called the Up Next queue. So when you play something, iTunes automatically creates a queue of what's coming next. If if you just play a single song and there's nothing, like you've got one song in a playlist and you start playing that song, there will be nothing in the Up Next queue after the song. But any other view, if you're playing an album or a playlist, the Up Next queue shows what comes next in, in that list of music. There has always been a clear button in the Up Next queue at the very top. So you've started to play something and you realize, well, I don't want to listen to any more after this song and you can clear it and then add something else to it. And they move that clear button to the bottom, which means when you display this menu, to do this, you click a little kind of a hamburger menu button um, in the iTunes toolbar or in Does the Does it come with cheese or without cheese? Uh, without cheese. When you display this menu, you have to scroll all the way to the bottom now to get to the clear button. The up next queue can be pretty long. It can be, you know, 20 tracks, I think, is the maximum that you'll see. Now, this is bad design. It's bad usability, and it's sloppy. It's lazy to let iTunes ship like this, to have something that is so unuser friendly. I mean, I immediately got questions from people when I put an article about the new mini player, which is this little control window, saying, well, where'd the clear button go? Because people didn't think to scroll all the way to the bottom. So that's just the bad design part. Another element that you can see when you click this up next button, uh, there's a tab called history and it shows what you've been listening to. And this is good, particularly if you're playing in shuffle mode and you want to see what you've been listening to and say, hey, that was a song a few minutes ago. I really liked it. I want to play it again. I don't know who it is or whatever. Um, If you click this history tab in iTunes, not in the mini player, you may see some songs that are dimmed. So there's no artwork and the the titles and the artists are gray. There's no time and there's no access to the menu. Now, I've I've checked with a few people who are seeing this in in different ways. Um, For me, for a while, the last three songs I was listening to, no matter what they were, they would show up and and things after that would be dimmed. Uh, Other people were seeing different numbers. That That's just a plain bug, but it's a new bug. Uh, this didn't exist in the previous version. The next thing is this mini player, this little control window. It has a close button, and in the first release of 12.6, the close button didn't always display. You may have seen, if you updated to iTunes 12.6 really quickly after it was released, that Apple released another update. Um, the same thing, they didn't explain what was different, but they seem to have fixed this bug. It was one of those whoops episodes. Oh, wait a minute. We forgot to dot the I. Yeah. And and so there's one other thing that I spotted, which is really strange. When I first installed iTunes 12.6, and, and there's a screenshot in the article on my website, um, I looked in the music library and there was an entry that said TV and movies. Now I'm in the music library. 
and it says TV and movies. And you click that, and then there's a window with two tabs, TV shows and movies, and nothing in it. And I was trying to figure out what this is. You can't drag anything to it. You can't add anything to it. Um, and then in the second update, they this was no longer visible in the sidebar, yet you can still add it by editing the top of the sidebar. It's really strange. What I think is that this is something that's for Apple Music, that Apple Music we know is going to have TV shows, but apparently they're also going to have movies. And they've put this in the music library because this would be access to Apple Music video content. And since Apple Music is music, they didn't want to split it out and put it in the other libraries. That's pretty incoherent when you think about it. Um, you know, you've got a TV show's library and a movie's library, but if you did have subscription content and you put them in those libraries, it would might be confusing with anything that you've already bought or even movies that you've rented. For now, it's not entirely clear what this is. My, my guess is that it has to do with Apple Music. Um, I've reached out to Apple and I haven't gotten a reply yet. Don't expect one. It's going to be crickets because Apple's very good at instilling crickets. No, I want to ask well, you something. I, yeah. I do get information from Apple when I have questions fairly often about things like this. Um, my guess is that for this one, they might not say anything because it actually is a mistake on their part. This should never have been visible. And again, this is just as sloppy that they released the app and this thing is visible and it doesn't do anything. Um, this is just, you know, poor quality control. Yeah, we got to talk to Jeff Robin about all this. Now, I want to ask you, I guess there's a corollary to this. Supposedly now, if you rent a movie from iTunes, it's no longer locked into one device. Well, so this is what they announced, and they said that this would be effective in uh, with, with iOS 10.3. This is part of it, but then you have iOS 10.3, which is kind of under development, folks. There's a public beta, and you can get yourself a copy, but it's also got the new file system. But we are not going to get deep and dirty into that. Yeah, so I rented a movie yesterday, and I have iOS 10.3 running on my iPod Touch, and I see no way – I have the beta of 10.3, and I see no way to access this rented movie. Um, so I have a feeling it's something that is going to be in a later beta. Um, and so it's kind of strange that they actually announced this, but they didn't say anything about how it works. And they shipped iTunes saying – this is in the release notes for, for iTunes 12.6. Um, it's just odd that they would actually say something about it when it doesn't, when it doesn't work. Yeah, well, that's just designed to frustrate you. But what's worse here is it also requires the new software for Apple TV. Therefore, it only will work on the fourth generation Apple TV. If you have a third generation of Apple TV and you want to rent a movie, it is either on your Mac or iOS device or on Apple TV. Never the twain shall meet. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. 
Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. When a storm causes power loss for a whole day, it can seem endless. There's a new kind of storm brewing, one that could target our nation's power grid and turn off the power for not just days, but for months or longer. Veteran news anchor Ted Koppel's new book, Lights Out, details this exact scenario. And CENTCOM General Lloyd Austin says it's not a question of if, but when. That's why Americans are rushing to secure solar power generators to provide an endless supply of life-saving electricity without gas, fumes, or noise. And the Breakthrough Patriot Power Generator 1500 has it all. Portable and lightweight, providing up to 1500 continuous watts of clean, quiet, and free renewable solar power. If a blackout strikes, you'll have power for heat, lights, cell phones and computers, and critical medical devices, all from the rechargeable solar power. Our first introduction sold out fast, and with high demand, we can't guarantee keeping the supply in stock. Stay protected with the power you need. The Patriot Power Generator 1500. Right now, enjoy our special easy pay option. Just go to blackout27.com. That's blackout27.com. Blackout27.com. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So I noticed this in the headlines on some of the sites. I don't know whether you said anything about it. That in order to be able to be able to watch this movie on multiple devices, including an Apple TV, that Apple TV has to be the new one. If you got an older Apple TV, you're stuck. Yeah, they mentioned in addition to iOS 10.3, whatever the version of tvOS is that's required. Um, and obviously tvOS is the software for the, the latest Apple TV and not for the older ones. They call it something different. Yeah, well, they want you to buy the new Apple TV, and I can't figure out why. I, I have no desire for one. It's not a very compelling device. I mean, obviously I bought one because I write about this stuff, but it's really not that interesting. I don't really care about using apps. Uh, it's it's not much different than the other one, frankly. A lot of people are going to use it because they've got iTunes content, or they're going to use it for Netflix and Plex or whatever else they're using for their video. But I don't hear anyone talking about, oh, did you see this great Apple TV app? You see, I haven't even answered that. Yeah. I have no, no interest. Well, I do, but it's just that it, it doesn't seem to be something that is taking off in any way. You know, the famous comment from, was it Steve Jobs or, or Tim Cook, that it was a hobby? Um, and, and I think it's going to remain a hobby. And I think Apple tried with all of this, you know, the, the new features, the app and the Siri and things like that. But I just don't think, I just don't think, People are interested enough. You know, when, when the Apple TV came out, we didn't have smart TVs. Uh, you needed some sort of a box. But now every smart TV has plenty of apps. Um, I have an LG TV. It's got a Netflix app. Everything has a Netflix app. Um, it's got an Amazon Prime Video app. It's got a Plex app, which I use for my ripped um, videos at home. And it's got all sorts of other apps. And, and it's like, I don't want to go shopping on my TV, so I don't want to download a shopping app. Uh, I don't really need another box um, to do anything on my TV. It, it doesn't add anything. So I, I'm just not, uh, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed by it. You know, the only thing I need it for, obviously, is when I'm renting a movie from iTunes or, or when I'm viewing movies, TV shows that I've already bought from iTunes. But I, I even do that less and less because it's just not flexible enough. You know, it kind of reminds we, we, me in some ways of the concept of the original web TV, where supposedly you can go online and use your TV as kind of a personal computer and have web access and everything. And this seems to be distilled from that. And that's unfortunate because that already failed. Well, it failed at a different time. It was Web TV was, what, late 90s? So it was pretty early in the Internet when a lot of people may not have even had computers to access the Internet and certainly didn't have, um, you know, a computer in their pocket to access the Internet. Uh, I think the concept of Web TV was useful for its time. Um, I think what Apple's tried to do is, is, is sort of revitalize that and make it, you know, a more modern version of it. But it just doesn't seem to me... Uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to find it easier to shop on an Apple TV where they have to either deal with um, 
uh, speaking to the, the the microphone and having Siri make transcription errors and then correcting them, or type characters one by one, or if they're smart and, and they do it a lot, they've hooked up a Bluetooth keyboard to their Apple TV. But I doubt a lot of people really do that. Um, it just doesn't seem like a very compelling thing to do on the TV. Again, they're trying the concept. Now, originally, Web TV was designed for people who maybe didn't have a PC. Right. And they wanted to be able to send email and go online. And this was a simplified way to do that, I guess. And it was so awkward, it made you realize, because it did have a keyboard, that using a TV set as a PC substitute is really ridiculous. It's a silly solution. And I think here, Apple threw all this together... Maybe because a lot of these other set-top boxes are adding stuff like Roku has like over a thousand channels or something like that that you can download in addition to the standard stuff that everybody has and Netflix and Hulu and everything. And maybe that was part of it, but I do not get the Apple TV fourth generation. I think they might as well have released the third generation model with support for 4K and HDR, and that would meet the needs of 99% of the customers. I think, see, it's different here because we don't have cable, so um, it, it's, a, it's a very different landscape. Um, and, and I don't even pay for satellite TV, Sky TV. It's way too expensive. So uh, I find it hard to compare. Um, you know, American TV is obviously a, a different beast but, yeah, I just don't see it as extremely compelling. And Apple, of course, was dropping hints for so long that they've got something really big. They get the living room. It's going to be something miraculous to conquer the living room. And supposedly this product was held back for a while, the Apple TV, because Apple could not reach an agreement with the TV networks to provide subscription TV. And then you look at it now and you say... And what would that have brought other than DirecTV Now and Sling TV and the PlayStation alternative? Do we need a streaming slimmed down cable or satellite service? How do you handle time shifting? Do you have cloud-based DVR? What does it do that traditional cable and satellite cannot do being cheaper? Well, they offer cheap packages too. Not here. Well, no. you see, I understand you're in a unique situation. And I don't know what's going to happen in Sky TV because Rupert Murdoch wants to buy it. Because now he, well, owns, he owns a portion. part of it. He wants to buy he, more or, or all of it. Right. Um, he wants all or more of it. And I'll just give you a hint about this. This is not politics. One of the reasons that Judge Napolitano, one of their commentators at Fox News in America, one of the reasons he was benched after this thing about the British government spying on Trump, that caused an international incident. And Rupert Murdoch and his people did not want that episode to compromise their chances to buy all of Sky TV. So they benched yeah, him. The, the, the judge got benched. I see what you did there. Um, the, the thing about countries like that. the UK that and, nice? and France is... 
Sky is, is essentially a monopoly. In France, um, Canal Plus is essentially a monopoly. So there had been other companies, but they all got bought out. So you only have one option if you want satellite TV. Um, now, there there are some cable um, possibilities in, in London, Birmingham, a couple of cities, um, but it's not all across the UK. Um, you only have this single option, so they make it as expensive as possible. And you're paying for sports rights. They they pay billions of pounds um, for soccer rights. And even if you don't want the sports in your contract, you're still part of what you're paying is to cover that. I mean, Sky Sky is so pathetic that even now in 2017, you have to pay extra to get HD content. Now, well, they do that uh, here too. You look at Dish Network and DirecTV and look at the pricing. You pay $10 a month for the HD. Then you pay another $10 a month for the HD DVR to get HD. I mean, it's double okay. whammy. When I was in France, I had TV over DSL. Um, I didn't pay extra for HD. It was just part of the package. Uh, I think, you know, when HD started, okay, it was a big deal and they could get you to pay extra. It's like, you know, CDs were more expensive than LPs. But I, I certainly don't see this as being um, legitimate anymore. Yeah, well, no, I think it's ridiculous to charge somebody extra for something that should be standard issue. Because most people have HD TVs now. So... I, I Why are you charging people you. for an extra service that should be standard issue? And I can only get started with that. We've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S dot com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP Hardened Generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP Hardened Solar Generator Energy Insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So there, you know, is the endless argument about TV and cable and satellite pricing that will never be resolved. And I started it because I mentioned the alleged ability to be able to watch a movie that you rent from iTunes on more than one device, which makes sense. It's stupid to have to pay twice if you rent it on the wrong device, which I did. You know, I did that once, by the way, where I rented a movie on my Mac and wanted to watch it on my Apple TV and I could stream it over. But I thought, this is stupid. Why can't I just rent it once and play it on any of my devices? It's not that the movie companies really expect me to do that. Forget about it. Let's go back to... The only limitation is between the Apple TV and iOS devices and, and Macs. The Apple TV is is where the wall is. Um, you could always rent something in iTunes and move it to an iOS device. I was referring clearly to Apple TV. 
So I understand that. that that's is- what I'm saying. The only limitation is Apple TV. Now, you can still stream from your Mac to the Apple TV using AirPlay. You can stream from an iOS device. But the only limitation is that you can't watch it, I would say, natively on the Apple TV. Let's say you've rented it on the Apple TV and you want to watch it on your iPad. You can't do that. If you rent it on your Mac, you can watch it to your iPad, but you don't sync it the same way you sync content. You have to actually move it. So you copy it to the device and then it deletes from iTunes. Now, we don't know exactly how this is going to work. I think there are two possibilities. One, uh, I noticed when I rented this movie yesterday is it did not download immediately, which in the past when I'd rented movies on my Mac, they did, or they would ask me if they downloaded. So I think you'll get cloud access to stream it, but there also has to be a way to download it and then transfer it to a device. Presumably, you'll be able to put it on several devices and it'll just do a check when you start playing it from each device, which is what they could have done in the past. I don't know why they didn't do this um, to see if it's authorized. Now, there is a problem with this that I can see. Let's say you've got an iPad that doesn't have cellular access and you take a rented movie and you go on a train or a plane. Um, will you be able to watch it? Uh, will you need to actually start watching a few seconds of the movie when you're on Wi-Fi to get it authorized and then go onto the plane or train and watch it? I'm not sure how that can work. Well, all right, whatever. They're dealing with the complexities of the entertainment company's licensing, which makes all this so absurd. Like, we're all going to want to watch that same movie over and over again a thousand times. I think people only want to watch a small number of movies more than once. And it's still cheaper to rent it twice and to buy but it's it not, once. No, it's not watching more than once. It's like you want to watch it and no, your, I'm your talking about or your spouse wants to watch it on a different device. You've only got 24 hours to watch it. I know, even that's ridiculous. But then, you know, what do I know? It should be like seven days or something. What do they think is going to happen? What are they going to lose if they let you watch that thing for seven days? You're going to invite your friends over so they can see it and not rent it. You're going to have a party. We're going to have a party, and we're going to have people come over to our house (laughs) every single day to watch that stupid $4 and $5.99 movie that we rented because we want to cheat Universal. We want to cheat Warners. We want to cheat Fox. Well, you know. Anyway, let's get on now to iTunes 12.6. Any other downsides before we talk about the features? No, no, no. Those four things I mentioned before are the only things that don't work. What does work? What did they do that's good? Well, they brought back a feature that they had taken away some years ago um, with iTunes 11, about three years back. Um, you used to be able to open a playlist in its own window. Um, now, this is really good if you're if you're making a playlist and you wanted to browse your library and drag stuff into the playlist window. And they took it away, and finally they brought it back, and, and people have been asking for this for a long time. It's kind of a stupid thing to get rid of, and it's good that they did listen to people and bring it back. What they didn't do, however, was bring back the ability to open the iTunes store in a separate window, which is something that people like to do. So you're browsing the iTunes store, and in another window, you're looking at your library to think, oh, do I have this or not? Maybe that'll come back, but I doubt it. I think they want to keep the iTunes store sort of self-contained rather than offering that sort of possibility. What else? Well, that's about it. The mini players changed a little bit. That's this control window that I've that I mentioned, um, it's the, the the interface has changed. It's been refreshed a little bit. That's pretty much it. There aren't any real big new features uh, other than this rental thing. And, and as, as we just discussed, it's not yet available, so we don't know um, exactly how it's going to work. 
my my guess is that there's also some compatibility for new devices. So we know that there's a new iPad um, that's just gone on sale the day that we're recording here. And, you know, each time iTunes comes out, it has to have some sort of code that's compatible for the new devices. So that's obviously um, rolled into this because I think uh, this iPad's shipping uh, next week. So the week after we're, we're taking that's orders recorders. today that they were recording, but I think it, it ships next week. Big deal. <laughs> no, but, but no. My point is that if you have that new iPad, you need the latest version of iTunes. No, I, I get that. But the point I want to raise is, let's look at that next because that's iTunes. I assume there'll be a twelve point six point one. That maybe you'll fix a few of the glitches that you pointed out. There almost always is. So let's hope that will happen. That some of these glitches will be fixed quickly enough that Jeff is listening to the show. Jeff Robin, you're listening. Do you think he is? I don't know. I know he did in the past. I remember I met him once at a Macworld Expo in the early 2000s. Of course, he also was responsible for the software on the iPod, one of the people. And he was giving me all sorts of broad, smiling hints about things that were going on. But that was it. That was the last time I saw him. I know he's there, but at one point, Steve Jobs was so protective of Jeff... I think he was afraid people would poach him. That he introduced Jeff to someone at Time Magazine doing an interview about Apple. And he said, this guy is Jeffrey, but he wouldn't give his last name. He would not reveal who he was, I guess, because he was afraid to open him up to public attention. Really? Of course, he's got a Wikipedia list now there. We know, of course, that... He was one of the inventors of SoundJam Plus, which became iTunes, and then he went to Apple with two other developers. I don't know if the other developers are still at Apple, but there you go. All right. So all these rumors, Kirk, ah, we're going to see an Apple Media event. There's going to be a new iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch version, the 12.9-inch, but wait, they're going to take... The iPad Air 2 and iPad Pro, the smaller one, form factor, and build an edge-to-edge 10.5-inch display for it. Okay, that sounds nice. So instead, we get a kind of warmed-over iPad, which is newer components in the iPad Air case, not the Air 2 case. So it's a little thickerer, to use that phrase, and a tiny bit heavier. And then we get product red for the iPhone 7. And then we get the iPhone SE with doubled capacities for the same price. So it's 32 gigs and 128 instead of 16 and 64. I'm going to yawn. Excuse me. Okay. I didn't want you to hear that. Well, I I think you're missing something. This iPad is not for you and me. This iPad is more for the education market or for the occasional tablet user who hasn't yet bought an iPad and looks at the difference in price between, you know, an Android um, tablet and an iPad. It's not a great iPad. It doesn't have the same display that the regular iPad has or that the previous iPad Air had. Um, It doesn't have four speakers, which the iPad Pro does. And I'll tell you, um, I watch videos on my iPad and I don't use headphones anymore um, because the sound is so good coming out of those four speakers. No, um, I so am. I understand it's not necessarily for people who are waiting for the next iPad. It's for, as you say, for the educational market where they had to find ways to make it as cheap as possible. 
its 329 starting price. Also for people who may have bought an early generation iPad and want yeah. something to upgrade to, but don't want to spend a lot of money. So this is a nice way to upgrade for that. So it is a nice compromise. It is like a standard mainstream iPad that brings the average price for the product down considerably. And I think that's a good thing. I understand that. But just rushing that out and people are wondering when is it going to be a real iPad refresh? We'll get into that in the next segment with Kirk McElhern. Just want to remind you that the best way to support this show is to subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We offer commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio for prices starting at just $1.49 each week. Cheap. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. A lot can happen in six seconds a rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere. Or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
So back to iPads and this underwhelming refresh. Is this, though, Kirk, buying Apple any time to get the rest of the products out? Because you see Apple's pushing iPads, and suddenly this comes out amid all the anticipation of something new and different. Did it make sense, or did Apple need to rush it out now because school systems are planning to buy stuff for this fall? Yeah, school systems buy things um, months in advance, or they have to plan months in advance. When they release something like this with just a press release, it means that it's not an important release for them. But often this um, is a prelude to a more important release where, you know, we're going to see some actual new interesting hardware. And we have a number of suggestions that they'll be doing something in April, particularly because the new Steve Jobs Theater or whatever it's called on the new campus, I, I think, will be ready in time. Will we see a new edge-to-edge iPad? I I think that would be very compelling. Uh, You know, when people talk about this 10.9-inch iPad, is that just the the large iPad Pro without bezels around it? I I don't see any use of having three different size large iPads plus an iPad mini. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we're going to see some new stuff, and particularly desktop Macs. But we'll find out, I think, in a few weeks in April if they do another event. Oh, by the way, I looked up educational pricing. For the $329 iPad, get this. If you're a school system, of course, if you're a school system and you buy $10,000, they will give you a price. But if you're just like a student or a teacher or something, it's $309 instead of $329. Just to let you know. Yeah, okay. What else? That's it. I hear the yeah. sound of silence there. It's not a big deal. Well, there's not much I can say there. Well, the, I guess the big thing here is, is this enough of a move? to get educational systems to look at that in quantity. And I'm thinking in quantity, it may be 249 or something. You buy thousands or even 229. It's going to be a lot cheaper compared to buying a Chromebook. Because in the U.S. especially, Chromebooks are really popular. And I think a lot of it is because of price. Yeah, Chromebooks are very popular. It's simple. You know, Apple, was it a year or two ago, they released this system to manage user accounts on the iPad. So any student could use any iPad and just log into an account. And that's how the Chrome wor- the Chromebook works. With Apple, you've got to create all sorts of stuff for the students with the Chromebook. Each account is set up and then you log in. You don't have to uh, sort of install anything on the Chromebook. And whereas on the iPad, you do. You've got a. It's kind of like a um, what's an MDM, multiple device management system that you would use in a company where where the teacher sets up a lot of things and then pushes them to the iPads, which might be more secure, um, but it's certainly more complex than setting up a Chromebook account for each of the kids. So you can get a Chromebook for, we talked a year or so ago, I got a Chromebook for 100 pounds. I'm sure you get a decent Chromebook for $100 in the States now. Um, schools are a lot happier using that than they are using $300 iPads or or whatever iPads cost up until now. now. Someone pointed out to me the other day when we were talking about this, at the same time that they released this new low-price iPad, they tweaked the iPad mini. They got rid of the iPad mini 2, which was a non-retina iPad, and they tweaked the iPad mini 4, and now it's only available with 128 gigs of storage. Someone pointed out to me that if you have young kids, the regular iPad is too big and too heavy for them. It's the iPad mini that's ideal for them. Yet Apple no longer sells the 32 gigabyte model, which would have been comparable in price to this new a less expensive, larger iPad. Now, that kind of doesn't make sense unless they've just given up on the the young kid market entirely. 
Maybe they felt that the people apt to buy this needed that extra storage. I don't know. There has to be a reason it's not just arbitrary. I always think it's when not, Apple does not, something but, ridiculous, there is a less ridiculous reason. Forcing someone to buy 128 gigabytes on their device seems a bit ridiculous. I mean, I'm glad they don't do the 16 gigabytes anymore, um, but forcing people to get 128 if they want a specific size, that doesn't make any sense to me. Or people aren't buying them. Maybe if they look at sales, they say, you know what? People buy the iPad mini. The only thing that's really selling is the unit with larger capacity. So that's it. That's the remaining iPad mini. After that's gone, they're all buying an iPhone plus. Maybe that's the answer yeah, right see, there. If you look at that. the sales mix, that's what it is. I'll tell you why I don't see that. The iPad mini is a device that I've seen used in a lot of stores. So it's used as a, like a point of sale device. Uh, people walk around stores with them and use them to check inventory and things. Uh, it's the right size for a device like that. It's small and white um, compared to a regular iPad. I, I think Apple's got to keep making those devices, at least for the, the, the sort of, what would you call it, um, the, the, the vertical market of point of sale devices. Now, that's but, interesting you know, when you mentioned that, because the other day we were having a problem with our internet. We get what they call amenity internet here where it's provided free to everybody who lives here. Because this development caters very much to snowbirds. People come here and they stay here in the winter to escape the cold weather in Florida or wherever. And therefore, rather than have to order a new internet service, they give everybody, and it's not an expensive place to live, and this makes it less expensive, they give everybody basic broadband which I think is faster, faster than what Kirk is getting. And they give you a basic dish network package as part of the thing. In this way, if you want any optional things from dish network, you have to pay extra. Otherwise it's free. So somebody's coming here the other day to check my internet because I was having intermittent outages and they brought an iPad mini to log in and do some pinging and testing. Just saying. Yeah, it, it's it's a very practical little device for things like that. Um, so so I can't see them getting rid of it, but may, maybe what's going to happen is that there's a new model coming out, but that wouldn't make sense because the, the one that's available now is, um, well, it's been around for a while. So I bought one six months ago, the iPad Mini 4. I believe it's about a year or a year and a half old. Um, they could update it, but... Again, if they do that, why would the they would they keep the older model? Would they make an iPad Mini five and keep the older model with 128? Um, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. To me, it may be that the iPad Mini is just not moving as much. That really, maybe except for the business market, it's zero, big fat zero. I don't know. I really like mine. Well, uh, yeah, I, but it's, it's just you. You see, that's well, it. They looked at it. That, let me be serious here. But not seriously. They looked at it and said, you know what? We've got business customers and we've got Kirk. Yeah. And that's it. It's not worth it to us. There has to be a reason. But it doesn't make sense to sell an iPad mini, forgetting about the storage differences, for more money than the full-size iPad. I call it full-size rather than the larger iPad. Yeah. That makes even less sense. And people look at that saying, what is Apple smoking? And yep. can I try it? Because I'd like to be in that altered state of consciousness. Well, you know, you could just move to a state where you can do that legally. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know that. 
I'd like to move into any state other than this one, but that's another story. Let's look seriously here at the iPad and its future. Forget about the hardware, because that is not was really going to encourage people to suddenly wake up and buy iPads. Well, maybe Apple figures people with the older models will buy this new one because it's cheap. All right? And they'll get support for the current operating systems and apps, and it's going to give you pretty good performance with an A9 processor instead of the A10 Fusion, which is on the new iPhone. So we see that as a possibility here. This is a way for Apple to kind of sort of make this product work. But the end of the day is, what are people going to do on it? Is it still going to, is it going to be something beyond the PC, which is Apple's promotion? They're trying to show you there that it's not just something to watch Netflix. It is a PC type product that it does more, is more flexible or something like that. And how does Apple encourage you to buy this car as opposed to the truck being the Mac? The Mac is the truck. That's a very bad pun. But we got more to come. With Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Attention investors, 2017 is the year of Trump and financial markets are rising at all-time highs. But economic uncertainty may be greater than after any election in our lifetime. And as retirement approaches, there's little time to recover your losses. You need to hedge against uncertainty. That means transferring part of your retirement to physical gold and silver stored where you can actually hold it in your hand and get it fast in any disaster. It's a perfect time to buy. Prices are low and expected to climb. Make Augusta Precious Metals, your personal gold and silver provider. Augusta cares for your financial position and helps you make good decisions. And they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Get Augusta's free gold and silver IRA guide. What you learn could help you weather any economic storm. There's no obligation. Just call toll-free. Call 855-222-5857. That's 855-222-5857. Again, 855-222-5857. Trust Augusta. Protect your retirement today. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. 
paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Attention. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Evidence indicates that these devices can dislocate and loosen, causing severe pain and may require additional revision surgery. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement and suffered a dislocation and loosening requiring a revision, call 800-598-0696. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Time is limited to file a claim. Act now. For more information and a free consultation, call 800-598-0696. That's 800-598-0696. Again, that's 800-598-0696. Call now. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So anyway, with Kirk McElhern for one more segment, looking at the use case for the iPad, can Apple make one? And I guess you look at the auto market, people aren't buying cars either. They're buying trucks and SUVs. But Apple, in order to make the sale for the iPad, I think it has to go back to the software and the operating system. Was the operating system due to make this a more flexible device that will serve as more of a PC replacement than it does now. I mean, right now, I tried with the iPad Pro. I had both versions in here from Apple. I tried it, and I tried the smart keyboard, and I thought, you know, this might be nice just to be able to write my blog every day on it. That was the worst keyboard I ever typed on. I mean, I've typed on bad keyboards, but the smart keyboard was mush. And on the larger version... The way it was designed, and maybe me, kept missing the space bar. I didn't think I should have to get used to a new keyboard. Apple should have thought about that. But I thought of most keyboards I've tried for iPads, they're bad. So again, what we're going to use this iPad for other than writing an occasional thing and watching Netflix? Well, it depends. It depends on what your usage is. My, my partner doesn't use a computer. She uses her iPad um, for pretty much everything. So you've got Macs, so the iPad isn't really the the device for you. Re- remember that we're we're a special case. We need to try and step back from the way we're so overwhelmed with having technology and and look at people who only buy a single device or you know maybe a smartphone and one other device 
Um, and I know lots of people who just use iPads. It, it's 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 a device that does everything for the people who use it. Um, if you have a computer, it's not that interesting. I, I do have two. I have the 9.7-inch iPad Pro and I have the iPad Mini. I love the iPad Mini. I use it to read Kindle books. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle in their app on it. I keep it by my bedside. It's a bigger screen than my phone, but it's, you know, when I need to do something quickly and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not in front of my computer, it's it's a really convenient device. I, I use the larger iPad a lot less. I, I do use it for watching some videos, you know, occasionally a Netflix movie if I don't want to watch it on TV. But it's true that if not for the videos, I probably could get by with just the iPad mini. Uh, it, it's big enough. It's it's comfortable enough. And it, particularly, it's light and it's easy to hold. But as I said before, the sound on the iPad Pro with those four speakers, and they have a sort of faux surround sound that doesn't sound like a bad surround sound. It's really actually quite good. I've been watching recently what's that? Netflix show. Well, I don't think it's on Netflix in the States. Is it Designated Survivor, the Kiefer Sutherland thing? Yeah, that's on ABC. The Designated Survivor, by the way, is a legitimate thing where it's the last person in the cabinet or something. If all the cabinet members and all the successors to the president and the president and the vice president are dead, who is left? The Kiefer Sutherland drama, which is on ABC in, in the United States, and I think it's renewed for a second season, is this low level cabinet secretary who is actually going to be fired by the president the day standing. yeah he, he was, was going to be fired the day they have this terrorist attack and suddenly he becomes the president of the united states and therefore a happy-faced jack bauer i don't want to get into that because it's something else but the point is here and we have a few minutes left point is here is you're using your ipad for consumption my son has an amazon kindle by the way that he bought and he brought it to the States, and he watched Netflix on it. Amazon. Right, but it's not a Kindle. Yeah, well, it's an Amazon it... Fire tablet, which is an Android tablet. Sure. It may have actually been a Kindle tablet, because that's what he said. He got it cheap, maybe $100 or $150. This became his portable TV set to take with him wherever he traveled. Otherwise, for email, he'd use his iPhone. At home, he has a MacBook Air, a 13-inch MacBook Air. That's his main computer. That's, of course, replaces his original black MacBook from 2008. So he got something with the same screen size, but much lighter. The key here is, I think I could do a lot of the work I'm doing right now on an iPad if it had the right software and support. I really could. Editing audio, I should be able to do that on an iPad. What's the big deal? I can't capture sound from Skype in a mic mixer and all these sources on iPad because yeah, Apple you, has sandboxing. I think I think everyone in this industry, everyone who writes about technology has got to stop trying to bend the iPad to fit everything, saying, well, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. You can't. You simply can't. There are things you can't. You shouldn't even say, I can't do it, because you should know you can't do it. They're, Kirk, who, who's, I understand what you're saying. career is built around trying to do everything is, on the iPad, and, and Kirk, I love them, but it's not a computer. Kirk, I think you're missing the point. The point is here is that this requires Apple providing the tools in iOS to allow those apps. Okay? Yeah, I mean, you I mean, can edit audio on an iPad right now with GarageBand. No saying, 
oh, well, but I might be able to do this, but I can't do this because you will never have the, the possibility to connect things um, the same way you do to a Mac. Never. You'll never have the possibility to work with multiple apps in the same way. Although Apple just bought this app called Workflow, which is a sort of automation tool. But it's not a tool designed for working with multiple apps at once. It's a tool designed for having steps. So one app does one thing, one app does another thing. It's a stepwise thing. It's not a multitasking type thing. Yeah, but you're um, looking at it this way, Kirk. You're saying, because I can't do it now, Apple will probably never allow me to do it. And I think Apple's already made the movement in a proper direction. We have more flexible multitasking on an iPad. I don't want to see it become necessarily like a Mac, but Apple could find ways to allow you to be able to do a little bit more. Not matching the Mac, but just certain tasks where it has the CPU horsepower to do this. That's why I said sandboxing is the limit that prevents an app from an audio hijack to grab audio from multiple sources into a single file. That's not beyond the capability of the hardware. It is the operating system not allowing that kind of app to be built. Exactly, exactly. But, it's but also Apple that could do that. The, the key is here, to, to Apple your, could your do that. They've already opened up inter-app communication. So I think they could do that. And I think, wouldn't it be nice to travel and have a recording studio that weighs one pound? And I can plug a, you know one or two things in, not a lot. But okay, well, do my honest. shows with a little one pound device? You're, you're, you're talking about, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for this. You're going to have a one-pound recording studio. This is like having a folded, a folding electrical guitar that weighs one pound less than a normal electrical guitar. For for two pounds, you get yourself a MacBook, and you can connect what you need to it. You need dongles, fine, but it's a computer. You don't have any of these constraints. To save one pound is not worth it. This is the point. The iPad is not going to replace a laptop. The laptops are compact enough as they are, in, in, in some cases too compact. Um, so just don't plan on the iPad replacing, you know, pro power user computing tasks anytime soon. Not asking for that. I'm asking for a halfway point. In any case, Kirk, tell us where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me on my website, Kirkville. It's at www.kirkville.com, where I write about iTunes and things like theater and books and music. And you can find me on Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about plenty of other Mac and iOS things. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203.
Hey, diabetics, yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month, automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get what my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But PillPack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need PillPack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us with a lot of things to talk about. But first, as you know, Jeff is a fellow pop culture fan. And I was ragging on him because he failed to watch the musical episode of The Flash, but he got to see a few sneak peeks. I did. And it's not like I I wanted to not see it. It's just that sometimes life gets totally in the way. But I'm excited to see it. Holy crap, the, the teaser trailers that they put out for it. I'm in. Yeah, there are 
these teasers, and one's like 53 seconds, one's 30 seconds. And the 53 seconds is showing Grant Gustin, who plays, of course, The Flash, and mm-hmm. Melissa Benoist, who plays Supergirl, doing with this song and dance number, which was written by Rachel Bloom, who was in that TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And, of course, he kind of channels a little bit of Dick Van Dyke, don't you think? Uh, he does have a little bit of uh, Dick Van Dyke going on there. That man can dance. The thing about it, too, is he's got that same physicality as Dick Van Dyke, tall and very thin. They're within a half inch of each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the presents he cherished from his father, Grant Gustin, was an autobiography or a biography of Dick Van Dyke. So he's very oh, much in the awesome. musical theater, yeah. And, of course, Melissa sings Moon River in another clip, which is towards the beginning of the episode. And she's got just a great voice. And you're only oh, seeing absolutely. part of it there because her voice isn't soaring until, like, towards the end of the song. And in the TV episode, you see her looking with her eyes as she's singing, being completely mystified that she's in these surroundings because her eyes open and suddenly she's in a 1940s musical. Yeah, you know, my feeling is that probably happens more often than people realize. Just just a hunch. We all end up in 1940s musicals. Yeah, at some point we just wake up when, and we're like, how would I end up in this musical? It's fun. If you don't care about all the shenanigans and all the things that go on with these shows, you can watch this one episode at the CWTV site, cwtv.com, and they've got apps for iOS, Android, and Apple TV. And it's worth it. If you like musical theater, it's a mixture of a lot of different things. But it's kind of like The Wizard of Oz because characters from the two TV shows, Flash and Supergirl, are in this sequence as other characters mm-hmm. with different accents. And you'll be amazed how many of the people on these shows are great singers because they came from the TV show Glee and from Broadway. Yeah, Broadway veterans in there. So they really got this thing. I don't know that it actually did much more in the ratings, but I hope they do another one next year. It'd be fun. You know, episodes like this can be so much fun. It just adds this fun, irreverent take to something that oftentimes takes itself far too seriously. And uh, and you throw in a musical episode like this, and it just it shakes it up a little bit, and... Uh, and the actors get to do something that they don't normally get to do. And it's just a lot of fun. And the key here is that these are people who do things like that. It's not the only show where they show the performers doing music. So if you watch NCIS New Orleans, they have mm-hmm. Scott Bakula, who, of course, has a musical background and sings. And he is seen on many episodes playing piano. And they've got all these local New Orleans groups performing there they bring music into that show and i think it takes it above the level of the normal tv procedural you know if you're doing a show that's based in new orleans and you are not incorporating music in a very serious way you have failed and they do they make it a part of it in fact in the most recent episode we have him and someone plays a lawyer that he knew years ago like a former girlfriend is on the show and she sings too So at the end of the episode, they sing together. And I think that's fun. I also wonder now if the fact that it's revealed that Supergirl and The Flash sing for real, not just in a dream sequence, whether they'll do things like that. 
there was a karaoke sequence in The Flash where Grant Gustin sings. That was in season one, as I recall. Right. And of course, with Melissa Benoist, she indicated where her sister calls her like she puts the Kara in karaoke because our character's name is, <laughs> is Kara. And now having created that scene where we know her character is in the musicals, we know she can sing, whether they will just occasionally have her sing like at the end of a show in that alien bar that's become a big deal in season two. And it'd be nice. It gives these shows more flavor because you're getting to see what these people can really do. It's not just acting and playing crazy characters, but they had to sing, dance, and act. And if they can do all three things well, I think it's really good. Yes. And, uh, and it looks like these are two people that really can. Oh, yeah. And I've seen the fact that, of course, we have that final song in the episode, Duets, where Grant Gustin proposes, as I said, to Iris West. <clears throat> okay, then remember, part of the comic book canon is that The Flash, Barry Allen, and Iris West get together. So he proposes to her singing a song written by the composers of La La Land. And uh, and I'm assuming you've seen La La Land. I haven't, but I'm more interested now because oh, he really kills that song. He really kills it. Turned. Yeah, the music in La La Land is fantastic. Yeah, so when you told me that uh, there was that tie, I'm like even more excited to see this episode because I I really enjoyed the music in La La Land. Apparently here. Those composers are friends of the producer of Supergirl. So they're willing to do it. And you got to think the TV budget couldn't possibly cover them to write songs like that. And the reason they wrote that song probably is because they sell it on iTunes now. And you'll be able to buy it. Oh, sure, of course. And they make at the end of the show. You don't see this if you watch the version stream. But at the end of the TV show, they show a little thing. You can download these songs now. So there is that commercial tie-in. But it's worth it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Like you see Victor Garber, Jesse L. Martin, and John Barrowman, and all Broadway veterans. Right. Singing a song from Guys and Dolls. Yeah. I, see, now you're just making me feel bad that I haven't had time to Good, watch good. But, but I'm going to turn the tables on you. I can't believe you haven't seen La La Land. What is up with that? I haven't seen many movies. I just don't have time. But I will because my wife is a singer. And she sang not just rock and roll and country, but show tunes. So I'm sure she will want to see it and we'll work something out. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's, uh, if it's not on iTunes yet, it will be very soon which means that then it'll be everywhere. Right. So, yeah. I'm going to look You'll it up by the I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But in the meantime, we should talk about technology. And you have a recommendation. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying as long as we're here, sure, we can talk about some tech. What the heck? Okay. You've got an article at Mac Observer headlined If you haven't changed your iCloud password, and the past two years, do it now. Why should we do that? By the way, I have. Okay. Good for you. Actually, I have about 10 times, but that's another story. Let's get started, and then we have to wrap up the segment. But let's get started, and then we'll move to the next segment. 
Okay, so the so the reason you want to change your password stems from the the Turkish crime family hacker group saying that if Apple doesn't pay them seven uh, seventy five thousand dollars in Bitcoin by April seventh, they're going to wipe out uh, like three hundred million accounts, something ridiculous. And uh, and the window of time has been narrowed down through some research. The password list that they have, that the hackers have, uh, is at least two years old. So that that's a good rule of thumb. If you're two years old, if your password is at least two years old, you should change it. Any, well, you should have changed it anyhow, and then you'd be safe. Got more to come with Gene Steinberg and Jeff Gamet on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. 
Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply, or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now, earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. As we continue on the Tech Night Isle live, I have checked, by the way, iTunes. Moon River mm-hmm. with Melissa Benoist and Super Friend with Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist are available on nope. iTunes, as awesome. is all the songs. In fact, it's like a mini album. So they've got, for example, the theme song. They've got Moon River. They've got Put a Little Love Into Your Heart with Darren, Chris, Jeremy, Jordan, Carlos Valdez, etc. More I Cannot Wish You from Guys and Dolls. Super Friend with Melissa and Grant and Running Home to You. And they're all available as like a mini album, which has gotten five-star ratings, by the way. Oh, that's great. Okay. Now, let's get back to the need to have the passwords changed. All right. So, to expand on what I was saying, the uh, this hacker group is trying to extort money out of Apple and threatening to wipe out all of these accounts if Apple doesn't give them uh, $75,000 in Bitcoin by April 7th. And, of course, Apple's not going to do that, and they shouldn't do that, because that just opens the door for everyone to try and scam money out of Apple like that. The deal is, all of these passwords and logins that the hackers have, they didn't get them by actually hacking into Apple systems. What they did was they compiled a list from known email addresses and passwords that have been captured when third-party services were hacked. You know, like over the past several years, there have been, there've been hacks at Adobe and LinkedIn and Yahoo and you know, just a lot of different services. So if people are using the same password at multiple sites, once they have that login name, which so many places require that it's your email address and then the password to go along with it they can just try different services and see what they can they can get into this list is just compiled from those usernames and passwords that have been stolen over time and if you have 
uh, a password that you haven't changed in like at least two years, then there's a higher likelihood that if you are on the list, that they could in fact hack into your account. So if you just go and change your iCloud, which is your Apple ID password, then that blocks them out. And if you're not using two-factor authentication, now's a good time to turn it on because with two-factor authentication turned on, that means the hackers have only half the information that they need to get into your account because they'll have a password, but they don't have the one-time access code that Apple will send you when, uh, when you try and log in. If you have two-factor authentication turned on, that means the hackers have only half the information that they actually need to log into your account because they need the password and then the one-time code that Apple will send like to your iPhone that you have to enter as well. So they, they can only have half the information. That means they don't have enough to actually get into your account. So it's a lot safer. So change your password, enable two-factor authentication. If by chance your name was on the hackers list, they've now been blocked from being able to get into your account and wipe any information out. Now there's another story about WikiLeaks putting up information Mm -hmm. about exploits for iOS, etc. And Apple claims all or most of that stuff was fixed years ago. Is that correct? That's what Apple's saying. And uh, based on what we know, that it it doesn't sound like Apple is trying to just cover something up. This sounds like stuff that's been fixed long ago. Uh, A lot of the information that WikiLeaks released is information that the, the government has had for a long time. So it's totally plausible that they're releasing information about hacks that the CIA was using to to access information on iPhones and Macs that they can't do anymore. So yeah, it's it's very likely that Apple uh, has patched pretty much all that stuff already. And now that Apple is aware that the CIA is using other exploits if their exploits Apple wasn't aware of, you can bet they're working right now to get those patched too. So that that's a, a good argument for making sure when system updates come out that you get those installed because they oftentimes include those security fixes that that will keep anyone that's trying to hack into your phone out. Now, what if you have one of those old iPhones or something and maybe... You don't really just use it anymore for making phone calls because a lot of uh, the software can't be updated anymore. Is it worth taking it out of the closet and just making sure that whatever was there you got the updates for? If it's if it's a device that you're using even occasionally, sure, get that software updated because when a government agency has a way to hack into a device, it's good to assume they're not the only people that know how to do that. So you could have hackers that want to try and lock down your phone and then charge you some ransom to unlock it so that you can get back in. Or there could be some other foreign government that's just sniffing around and and trying to find whatever they can. And oftentimes, these are hacks or attacks that aren't targeted at a specific person. It's just that you happen to be in the right place at the right time to get caught. So if there are updates that you can apply, even on a device you use only occasionally, yeah, go ahead and get those installed. It doesn't hurt. But, you know, this, I think, 
should serve as a warning to make sure your devices are kept up to date. Be careful about your passwords. Not that anybody wants to break into your iPhone or your iPad. Maybe Gene Steinberg, but more so Jeff Gamut. Maybe he's a target because he's you know big and famous in the MacObserver.com and everything. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've had people attempt to do things to me. So I know that even as modest as I am about things like that, I wonder if that's sufficient to make it possible here for anyone. I mean, if they're going to hack me, they'll hack you. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of times, it's not that they're targeting a specific person. It's that they're just throwing this wide net out and and just seeing what they can catch. Well... There you go with the security. Let's move on to other issues here, okay? Okay. Other issues. iTunes 12.6. Now, we had the iTunes guy on before, but I want to give you your chance here. Because whenever we have Kirk on, he's always good at finding the bugs, the things that Apple left out or didn't do right or kind of fix in a screwy way. Yeah, that's one of the things that Kirk does. So I, I'm glad that he's being vigilant for all of us. Yeah. Uh, but the so the iTunes 12.6 update, the standout thing for me is that Apple fixed a longstanding complaint for people, which is that the device that you rent a movie on is the device the movie is stuck on. So if I am out and about and decide, hey, I I want to rent La La Land so that I can watch it tonight. Pull out my iPhone and rent it so that I don't forget. Get home, and it's stuck on my iPhone. But with iTunes 12.6, that's not a problem anymore. You You can rent on any device and then watch on any device. So now, while I'm out and about, I can rent that movie, come home and watch it on my Apple TV, or if I'm, uh, if I'm, traveling, watching on my iPad, whatever I want to do. And I think that's that's just a killer thing that should have been there years ago. There's a catch, though. Uh, so you have iTunes 12.6 on your Mac or your Windows machine, and then you need to have iOS 10.3 on your iPhone or iPad or tvOS 10.2 on your Apple TV. And by the way, that's an update that that will work only on the fourth gen Apple TV. If you have a third gen uh, Apple TV, sorry, we don't care about you. Yeah, you're, you're out of luck there. So that means right now you can rent a movie on your Mac and watch it on another Mac, but uh, you can't really do the rest of the watch anywhere thing until we get those other updates. And my assumption is since they're out or since we have this iTunes update out and, uh, and we're like really deep in, into developer beta updates for tvOS and iOS, we're only days away from having those releases come out. And when they do, then we'll, uh, then we'll truly be able to rent our movies anywhere and watch them anywhere. we got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So think about this here. How stupid the movie studios are. That we have to go through all these Mm -hmm. shenanigans to have updates to allow you to view a movie that you rent on more than one of her devices. It's not like you're giving it to your friend. We understand that. I mean, I was mentioning before we have this limitation here where you have, I think, 30 days to see the movie, but only 24 hours after you start the movie. So say, Mm -hmm. for example, you start the movie at 5 o'clock one evening and you're having dinner, an early dinner, Mm -hmm. and you can't finish. And the next day you have dinner late. I got to rent the movie again. No, you have to rent the movie again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an hour late. I can't see the movie. I mean, it's absurd. And it's because of the licensing of the motion picture companies. It's not for any other reason. It's not because people are going to steal the movie. Let me ask you briefly about that, Jeff. Is it possible here we run into this licensing crap because of the fact that the motion picture companies were made paranoid by the ease with which Apple got licensing of music for the original iTunes. I'm sure that's playing some role in this, but I, I think the bigger picture for the studios is that they want to have complete control 
over their movies or TV shows, whatever, and they want to exploit their properties to get as much revenue out of them as they can. And I think they are just so afraid of piracy that they're taking these draconian steps that they don't realize actually drive people to piracy. That certainly happened, of course, with music. And the thing is, too, I don't think there are that many movies that people watch more than once or twice, if you want to be blunt about it. I don't know what kind of business buying movies is except for like a Star Wars or a Star Trek or a special film or an Oscar winning Mm -hmm. film. Even then, how many people have enough time to watch a movie over and over unless you're very young? You know, my guess is that we would both be very surprised at how many people do watch certain movies over and over. But generally speaking, I'm betting that a lot of people will watch a movie once, rarely twice, and that's it. So basically, you could rent a movie twice, which is about half the price of buying one, unless it's being Mm -hmm. discounted. And that's it. That's all you have to do. Oh, I saw that movie last year. I'll see The Avengers again. And I'll stick it otherwise if I buy it in the closet, if it's a physical copy, or it's just going to be taking up space on my Mac or Windows Drive or iCloud space or whatever. Yeah. And and for me, there are certain movies that I do want to own because I know I will go back and watch them uh, again and again. And oftentimes it's a spontaneous thing. Like I have an evening where my plans changed and now I have time to watch a movie. And so things like Star Wars end up on that list. The Lego movie turns out, I, I've, I've watched that thing a lot. Much the Lego movie? I love the Lego movie. Ooh, I'm sorry. I can't get into that kind of movie. But I know a lot of people did because you look at the box office results. Sure. And, and Gene, it's okay that you don't like it because I like it enough for both of us. Well, that's good enough to know. This way you can buy both copies. What I find funny, though, is the way the entertainment industry has become so skilled at selling the same product over and over and over again, especially music. I mean, how many versions of the Beatles? How many outtakes? You think about all these movie stars or musical stars who are dead and their estates, if they have estates, are making more and more money. That's pretty impressive. And and I find it fascinating how many people are willing to rebuy the same content just because it's a new version. Uh, you know, like in the case of the Beatles, we have we we have different mixes and and uh because of that, we end up with, with multiple versions of the same album. I'll tell you, when and we say different mixes, it's not mixes Pitalik, the character from the Fifth no. Dimension. This is the digital mix of a Beatles album. Right. Yeah. And so you, you get different stereo quality. You get different uh, tonal quality, depending on who's uh, remixing the tracks together. And... There, there are people that that are so into the music that they can listen to a recording and tell you which mix it is. So, yeah, 
I mean, of course, there's people that they want to buy all the versions of one thing. And, uh, and of course, the studios are going to take advantage of that if they can. And the thing to bear in mind, too, is that if you're a purist, you might like for the Beatles the original mono mixes because that was what was done in the studio. It wasn't something that they threw together later to fake stereo. But there's a point where the original CD mixes of this music, it wasn't done very well because they took the LP masters and they didn't really consider the fact that certain sacrifices you had to make to play on the $29 record player, you no longer had to worry about. The bass could be fuller. You'd have more balanced sound. It could sound more realistic. Sometimes the second digital mix is what counts. The one that came later where they realized, like The Doors, the original Best of Doors album, and the first one was just really black bass. It didn't sound that great. The second one was more balanced. And you get the second one, Mm -hmm. you don't need the rest unless you're really crazy. I know there was a TV show not TV show. There's a radio show, and there are several of them in the U.S., but there's one that's based near Philadelphia called Breakfast with the Beatles, and there's several of those kinds of shows. It's heard in Arizona. And they take all these Beatles songs, and they give you alternate mixes, alternate endings, the vocals without the backing track, the backing track without the vocals, and they just fill two hours every Sunday. At some point, because the Beatles were only around for a few years, you run out of material. I hope, mm-hmm. I think. Well, until someone does a new remix, and uh, and then they can play that. I can't and wait. Pe- I mean, you figure after a couple of hundred million dollars, how much more money does Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr need, the estates of George Harrison and the estates of John Lennon? How much more money do they need? If anything... Of course, the greedy music companies are having a ball selling you the same product over and over again. I just think they can have the last laugh, the estates of the Beatles and the surviving members, and said, you know what? All our music's free now. Over. No more charging. It's all free. Can can you imagine? That that would be like the end of society from from the record label's perspective. But uh, that that would be pretty cool. here's, Here's everything from the Beatles. Enjoy it. It's, it's our gift to you. I mean, Ringo Starr says, peace, love, peace, love all the time. Okay, Ringo, make it free. Make all your solo recordings free. McCartney, do the same thing. Yoko Ono, come on. She can keep her stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess people don't hate her as much as they used to. Well, that people mellow with age, apparently. Well, McCartney once said one thing about it. He said he stopped hating her early on, where he figured, if John Lennon loves this woman, she can't be a bad person. Uh, sure. And, and I think most, a lot of people really didn't like her because they felt that she's the reason the Beatles broke up. And those she early songs that... Yeah, it's. I mean, it was going to happen, but those early songs that that she was doing, and a lot of the stuff that she that she was doing with John. I mean, her voice didn't fit with John's voice, and uh, it, uh, it 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 was trying at times. Right, and but I then you can't tell the man, her. "Don't get together with a woman 
unless her voice blends with yours. You know, love goes. <laughs> I got more to come here wants. on the Tech Night How Live with Jeff Gamut and Gene Steinberg. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063.
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're moving from iTunes to music and remixes. And as I said, you know, when Paul McCartney married Linda Eastman, his first wife, he didn't marry her because she could sing. She could barely hold a tune. But he didn't marry her for that reason. And he married her for love. Right. So And good for him. Right. So, I mean, they had a great life together and everything. So, at least as far as we hear, the point being here is that the least of his plans or the least of his intentions were to marry a woman that he could sing with. That wasn't yeah, He wasn't it. marrying for a business opportunity. Didn't need business opportunity. And she came from a fairly well-off family. She didn't need it either. Yeah, so good for them. They got together because they just wanted to be together. And that's awesome. You're right. I think we worry too much about that in the civilian world. We worry too much about that. Speaking of worrying... The iPad. We had all these rumors, as you know, Jeff, that we're going to see this edge-to-edge iPad. Wow. Gee whiz. Gosh golly, Mm -hmm. gee whiz. We're going to see this edge-to-edge iPad, 10.5-inch screen. And then the Apple Store goes down. No announcement about a media event. And suddenly, what's going on? Oh, it's just putting slightly newer parts in an older form factor for the iPad, making it cheaper and releasing it. Mm -hmm. A more expensive iPad Mini 4, and that's it for the iPad. It's still running the ads, by the way, beyond the PC. So what happened here? Mm -hmm. What happened here was Apple had products they wanted to get out, but they weren't the products that are worthy of whatever media event will be coming up next. What I think happened was was Apple felt like they needed to get these products out and on the market so that they're just there and they don't have to deal with with including those in a bigger announcement. So this this ten and a half inch iPad is probably still coming and it may very well be coming in April. But this this is just the first wave. And this was the stuff that they felt fine releasing without having a media event. It was just uh, press releases went up on their website and the products came out. And I think this was a, a part of a strategy for uh, uh, setting up the whatever the new iPad lines are going to be. So what Apple did was they gave us the new entry-level iPad, now just called iPad again, and I think that they they very passively told us that the iPad Mini is a dead product because they didn't 
update the iPad mini at all. They just took the, what they had and said, now we only offer 128 gig storage on this thing. It costs $399 and there you go. And that costs more than the entry-level 9.7-inch iPad. I don't understand so, that at all. Well, I think it's because it's a product that Apple is still selling, but they've already decided it's dead. So they're just going to keep it going for now. And in about a year, I think, they'll just quietly discontinue it. But it's not part of Apple's plans moving forward. I have a feeling also that the fact is here, people don't buy the iPad mini, especially since the iPhone Plus model came out. I agree. I think they just killed the sales. I don't think Apple cares because they make more money from iPhones, but I think that's the reason. The other thing here is it's possible, and I was discussing this with Kirk McElhern, that the reason you have this 9.7-inch iPad now made as cheaply as possible with fairly recent parts is because it's the educational ordering season. Yep, it's totally in time for for educational institutions to start buying. This is a very enticing product for that space. I think it's still priced a little bit high for the education space because you can pick up Chromebooks for for cheaper than 329. But it's 309 if you buy it from the educational store, but that's just buying one. If Apple comes in there and sells you 10,000, it's going to be like what 249? Probably about right. And and if you're doing that, then that puts you into Chromebook range. And that's much more affordable for schools. Yeah, I think education is a big part of the strategy here. And we're going to see the higher-end iPad updates roll out in the next few weeks, in the next few months. We're going to get something for the iPad line this year, in addition to the 9.7-inch entry-level model that we just got. I think for anyone right now who has an old iPad, you know, first, second, third generation, they want to upgrade, they want something cheap that takes them a little bit beyond what they have. It might be a suitable product for them. It might really be a perfect product for them, something that they can buy. It's not super current, but it'll be okay for another three, four years. And it's not expensive. What do you think? Not everyone needs the latest and greatest product or components in their device. That's one of the reasons why the iPhone SE did so well, I think. It's because it was more affordable and a lot of people were totally fine with the specs that it had. I think it's the same with the new 9.7-inch iPad. It's not the latest, newest processor, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be for the the markets that Apple's going to target. I notice here that Apple stock price went down when this came out. The next day it went up again. I think Wall Street's realizing wait, it's not the only product Apple's going to produce. And I think they also needed to simplify the iPad lineup, which was getting a pretty confusing setup at this point. You had, you know, this year's iPad and last year's iPad and the year before, and it got to be messy. And I think they just sort of cleaned it all up now. And now they can come out with new iPad Pros and they're done for the iPad, taken care of. Now they can move on to other product lines, on to Macs. I had this discussion with Kirk about the use of the iPad for productivity. And he says, Mm -hmm. well, you want to make the iPad, his logic, you want to make the iPad into something it isn't. 
because I was arguing, you know what? I could do audio editing. I can do these shows and edit them on a one-pound device. Mm-hmm. If Apple opens up multitasking a bit, makes it more flexible, not necessarily Mac-like, but more flexible to handle more apps, more documents, file management, more flexible. Maybe they'll consider something like that for iOS 11. Open up sandboxing to allow for more kinds of apps, like a Rogue Amoeba Audio Hijack. It doesn't have to be as full features as the Mac version, but, you know, mm-hmm. I want to use an external USB connector or something for my iPad to connect my mixer to it or a USB mic. And now I want to capture audio from Skype. Mm-hmm. That's doable. A simplified version of Audio Hijack. I don't use near all the features it has, just a few of them. And then more flexible editing. This can all be done on iPad. Imagine someone taking a recording studio, a one-pound recording studio, okay? Or a pound and a half if it's a 12.9-inch iPad. Taking Mm -hmm. that with you, being able to do most of the work and occasionally plugging in a keyboard for something more. I think there's a lot of flexibility. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust. 
the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So I'm positing here the possibility here that I could do this show, two shows on an iPad if Apple did a few things on their end to improve multitasking, to improve file management so I can upload files anywhere, not just, for example, to like a Dropbox or to iCloud. I mean, anywhere to the GCN site. I have to upload it to their servers for them Mm -hmm. to process. I should be able to do that on iPad with the right software the right capabilities of iOS. I think they can do that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many people would buy iPads as a result. Not that I would give up my Mac because there are other things I can still do better on a Mac. But I think there's a group of people who, if Apple opens it up a little bit more to productivity, would see the advantages of an iPad. Am I totally wrong here? Actually, no, you're not wrong at all. And I do know people that have figured out, and I mean, and it's crazy, the setups that, that, that they have, but I know people that have figured out how to do full multi-track, multi-source, real-time recording for shows on an iPad. And it's just a crazy mess of cables and stuff right now. But the point is, they can do it, and it totally works. I wouldn't want to do it because it's way too complicated today. But you can do it. And I do use my 12.9-inch iPad Pro as a production machine for other things that I do. 
So I'm doing a lot of writing there. Uh, I, I'm doing some image editing on that. Uh, I'm not really doing any audio editing right now, but that's only because I'm using my Mac for all of my audio work to begin with. So it doesn't make sense for me to move the audio files over to an iPad, but I could do the audio editing there if I needed to. You could use your iCloud drive for audio files. I could. Sure. And then um, if your iPad's hooked up to a Wi-Fi network, you're not worrying about using cellular bandwidth. True. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think the iPad can absolutely be a a full production machine. Uh, and of course, yes, I know because of hardware limitations, you're not going to do high-end, real-time 4K video editing on an iPad. That's okay. I, I have no problem with that. But, but you can certainly take 4K movies on, yes. on that device. And think about that, though. You can maybe go in there and do some basic touch-ups, you know, check dailies. When you're in a movie studio, take your iPad out and check the dailies, especially if you're yeah. in a remote location. Yeah, it's, an iPad is a surprisingly capable computer. And a lot of people, I think, are still stuck in the in in the notion that the iPad can be nothing more than a content consumption device. And that's not true. It is so much more than a content consumption tool. You know, I kind of look at unrealized intent here. So, for example, I had a 12.9-inch iPad Pro in here from Apple, mm -hmm. obviously fully outfitted. Dressed to the nines. Smart keyboard. Mm -hmm. I tried to type technightowl.com blog. And I did one blog on it, by the way. But the way uh -huh. the keyboard was designed, I kept missing the space bar. That would be a problem for you then. That's right. And think about that. Why am I missing the space bar? What the heck is that? The keys aren't full size. So your muscle memory is uh, looking for the space bar in one place, and it's not there. It's also just the way it feels. It feels very mushy. Now, I was doing better somewhat on the 9.7-inch iPad Pro with the keyboard. But this keyboard has lousy feel. It's mushy. It doesn't feel like a keyboard. And why should we have to sacrifice so much to be a little productive? And know. you shouldn't have to sacrifice anything. But see, here's one of the things that I love about technology like this. And it's that we're not trapped with a single input device. Meaning Apple's keyboard isn't the only option for the iPad. Now, the smart, the smart cover keyboard, I'm totally fine with, which really surprises me. I thought I would hate it, but, but I am totally fine with it. But... There are other keyboards that you can use, and if the keyboard was the only issue for you with using an, an iPad as as your only production machine, then you would you would have options. But but I totally get right now it's more than that because it's way too complicated to record and uh, edit and publish a show from an iPad. Well, I'm hoping here that more will be fixed in terms of other keyboards but i think apple needs to be the trendsetter here i shouldn't have to go out there and try 20 different keyboards maybe one will feel like a keyboard i've tried stuff from other companies logitech i tried a couple of their keyboards i wasn't nuts about them either to be blunt 
So at this point, I haven't found the ideal keyboard. I kind of like Apple's Magic Keyboard, by the way. I was surprised I would like it. But I think it feels better and more flexible, even though you don't have the same key travel as the original Bluetooth keyboard. I think this is a better better keyboard, more solid. And I like it. I got it actually as a warranty replacement where my original keyboard went bad. And I said to Apple, look, I'm getting another keyboard anyway. You got like a magic keyboard around and, you know, they agreed. They didn't make a big deal of it. I even got... Oh, that's cool. I even got a magic mouse too here for the same reason that the mouse suddenly was barely working. We keep losing its Bluetooth connection. And I gave him the same argument. Hey, you're going to give me a mouse anyway. You're going to give me a mouse. Just give me the new one. And I didn't go into the Apple store for this. I dealt with their telephone support. And then they can take you up a couple of levels. You see, the Apple store, if you go in there and ask for a benefit like this, what's going to happen is they're going to see what they have in back for you. Sure. If they have the original equipment version, they'll push that on you. And you don't want to start seeing a store. But if you're just one-to-one on a telephone, there's always a way, I think. Yeah, and clearly, uh, you found the way. I found the way, and I found the truth. That sounds almost religious. I don't want to get into that. But seriously speaking here, I don't want to raise a fuss about it. But I figured all the money that Apple's made for me over the years, you know? They can, you know, throw me a bone every so often. Sure. And they and they know how much you spent because they they can look at your uh, your files and they not not the files on your computer but the files that they have for warranties and and uh, product registrations and they can see the long list of stuff that that you've bought from them over the years. I haven't always had the same Apple ID, so maybe they can't. Now, this sort of comes out of left field, but I was thinking about possible iPad keyboards, and maybe the folks at Matthias who make all those great mechanical keyboards, maybe they can devise something that would possibly work with an iPad. A mechanical, traditional keyboard for an iPad? Hmm. Oh, by the way, this is something new. We were talking before about iTunes 12.6. Apple reissued iTunes 12.6 a short time ago. This is Friday that we're doing this episode. Removing mysterious show on profile page option. Duh. Yeah. uh, uh, People need to remember, flip the right switches in your compiler before you actually push out an update. So they threw something in there they shouldn't have done. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, they pulled it back out. And if we are supposed to see that at some point in the future, well, there you go. It'll pop back in again. But... Yeah, so this is why you always double-check your code before you push an update out, just to make sure that that everything you want to be in the code is there and the stuff you don't want isn't. We got more to come. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer for one more segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription, over-the-counter drugs, and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Lifetime Graze 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I show you sometimes internet providers do something right. So, for example, while we were talking here, someone from the ISP who provides the amenity free internet in this development came over to fix a wiring harness mess in our mm-hmm. hall closet. And he did all that while we were talking. Of course, the dog was freaking out, but we worked around it. While we were talking, Jeff, not when we had a brief disconnection, but while we were talking earlier, he did all that, left in 10 minutes flat, and the wiring looks clean. And he did not disconnect us. I said, please, if you're going to do anything that's going to cause an interruption in the connection, because we're on Skype, let me know. And he said, I will. And 10 minutes later, I just briefly checked outside. He was gone, and the wiring was perfect. That's awesome. I love good customer service like that. Isn't that amazing? Now, it's not you can order these people. It's a company called Access Media 3, and they provide internet and TV and phone for housing complexes. They manage the wiring. Sometimes the wiring is done by the builder, and they manage the service. Not that they give you great quality. You know, you're not getting the fastest internet in the world. Your TV package is one step above basic. But at least it's there and usually works. Sure. And that's that's pretty cool. He was able to take care of your wiring issues and you never lost your connection. Let's go back to what we were talking about iTunes. I mentioned that Apple threw out a quick update to fix a glitch. Looking at iTunes, we always find it the app we love to hate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. 12.6. Does that do it for you? Does Apple really have to do a lot more to get iTunes the way it should be? Yeah, they do. The problem is that iTunes started off as something different from what it is today. And over the years, Apple has just kind of patched more and more onto it. And it's become this weird conglomeration of stuff. It's not efficient at the things it needs to do anymore because it's just this jumble of features that have all been stuck together. And the problem I see is that Apple needs to figure out how to effectively either pull those pieces apart or change the way the interface works so that it doesn't feel like we're dealing with a hodgepodge of code, which that's really what it feels like right now. That's a hard job. I've heard that Apple has been working on a solution to this for a few years, but since we still don't have anything, well... That's kind of telling. I think part of the problem is that the back end of their services, the way it ties in with iTunes, it would be really difficult for Apple to pull all this apart without actually breaking things along the way. And that is uh, not what they want to do right now. Part of the problem also is having a code base that works on Windows. Remember, more people use mm-hmm. iTunes on Windows than on the Mac. We forget that. That, yeah, I see. That's a really good point. So it's, you've got to have a cross-platform code base. Whatever changes you make in one, most of those changes have to be made on the other platform. 
So Apple is very severely constrained. We can't just think Mac-centric because Apple is selling iPhones and iPads and a lot of people will sync with their Windows computers. So it has to work under Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10. There is that issue. Mm-hmm. And then there's the issue of how all of this fits together with the content we're renting and buying through Apple services. You don't want to break any of that. You see, very much what you have here with iTunes is it's not just a standalone app. It's also a web browser. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely a web browser. And most people just don't realize that. Yeah, a- Apple's got a, a big mess here that they're aware of. And they say they're trying to fix it. But man, the easy solution from a technical standpoint would be scrap it and start over. But they can't do that. So they, they have to find a path. And hopefully, with updates that, that we're getting, like the 12.6 update for iTunes, these are incremental steps along that path. And I'm just going to keep telling myself that. Now, I want to bring up one thing quickly before we leave. Something that we talked about with Joe Kissel, a book, Take Control of Your Digital Legacy, basically, is what it's called. And think about this here. What provision is there with Apple or any other company where you acquire digital assets to handle it, allowing an heir to take over your account in case you die? I mean, practically speaking, as long as you die and you leave your credentials or you have a way to recover them, someone could take over your account and continue to use it, such as a relative or a friend or something like Mm -hmm. that. But as a practical matter, technically, Apple or any of these companies, Amazon, okay, technically, they could say, well, you're gone. You lose the access rights to all the content you bought or the person who no longer is here bought. Yeah, that's see, that's a problem because you've bought the content. And once you're gone, your content, unless you have taken measures to ensure that it doesn't disappear... It, that's pretty much it. You just you just lose it. That just kind of sucks, I think. Remember, you're buying not the content, but the rights to watch or listen to that content. I mean, it's not right. a big deal with music because there's no DRM. But movies, it has the DRM, and there's always the right to revoke that license. Mm-hmm. Where do you go then? And I think Apple needs to address this. They also have to address the need to be able to merge Apple IDs. And stuff like that. This is stuff that they know about and they've done nothing for. I know. The the whole Apple ID thing, I I think I'm up to four Apple IDs. And it's stupid. I shouldn't need to have four Apple IDs. But there you go. And no way to, to merge them together. It's just crazy. And I recall Tim Cook saying they're looking into this some years back. Stop looking and start doing yeah, there you go. It's okay to, to stop looking and, and take some action now. I, I would love to be able to start merging together some iTunes accounts or Apple IDs. I know. You have to think about all the, the craziness here that it is involved. And we have 1 billion customer accounts. How many would they have if they allowed you to merge them? If they made them more um, efficient. Isn't it cheaper ultimately to allow you to merge them and to manage separate accounts and drive everyone nuts? Just asking. You would think. Hey, Jeff Gamma, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. 
Oh, sure. Well, you can find more of my stuff as well as stuff from several other amazingly talented writers over at MacObserver.com. And then you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut. Same thing on Instagram. And on several podcasts, too, like Mac Observer's Daily Observations. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Now on Twitter. Look for my blogs not written with an iPad and a smart keyboard at TechNightHowl.com. That's TechNightHowl.com. There's actually technically a Tech Night Owl user group on Facebook, but I've never done anything with it. So if you want to help me out, drop me a line and we'll see what we can do. You can also hear us on 24 stations around the U.S. on the GCN network. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week we'll talk about magic, not David Copperfield magic, but magic, the stuff from H.P. Lovecraft and more. Fairly interesting episode of the Paracast. Go to Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com, where you can check out the show and explore the unknown. We'll talk about strange creatures and maybe how to perform your own magical spells. But watch out what kind of spells you you handle there. We also have a special feature of this show, the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. You get the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, and you help support the show for as little as $1.49 a week, our price cheap, plus plus.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to get to talk with you. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.